0: Rehab, thank you very much for uh, doing this little interview um, after thank your you really beautiful playing earlier of your oud, um, which you. um, we'll put up on the website so people can obviously see you playing and hear it. I wanted to ask you some questions about music and commemoration, specifically the work that you've done. So you've played a number of commemorative events um, or events thinking about war, such as the Holocaust Memorial Day commemoration in London and um, the Firefly uh, International Gala. Um Can you say a bit about what your experience was of playing at these events and why it was particularly important for you to go and play there?
1: Mm. Um, The Holocaust Memorial Day, uh, it was particularly interesting for me because uh, it was arranged in a way that uh, brings so many people from different backgrounds in relation to the scene. They also included the element of the continuity of wars and the refugee crisis. So I really appreciated that because it didn't deal with the event as just, let's remember what happened. It also highlighted that this is still happening. And that was really meaningful for me to share that uh, with many people from different backgrounds, especially as an Arab. Mm. It's I think it's quite something you you might not see very often, maybe an Arab being part of such event. Uh, yeah, but because it was very sensitively planned, mm. uh, I think it worked really well.
0: And when you're playing at those events, um, how do people respond to you specifically playing the Oud, actually? Is, I mean, because a lot of people perhaps in this country wouldn't have encountered the Oud as an instrument very much. Mm. Do you What kind of responses do you get?
1: The first comment is always... Uh, how gentle the instrument is and also how different from what they know. Mm. So uh, mostly the the impressions are very appreciative of the way this instrument was introduced to them Mm. and the fact that they loved it.
0: (laughs) So so the way that people respond to the instrument, do they think that somehow the oud isn't a kind of an appropriate instrument for commemoration or for commemorative events?
1: I think uh, it's one of the best instruments to uh, introduce when when we're talking about uh, the Middle East in general. Mm. In terms of the general idea of uh, commemoration, I think it suits the theme because of its uh, nature, the, Mm. the nature of the sound it produces.
0: In Syria, uh, would you? how would you describe commemorative events in Syria? What kind of events have you experienced in the past? They, they could be post-war events or other forms of commemoration and what kind of music is played at those?
1: I actually have very vague memories of commemoration uh, music. I would say my experience of that is mostly through the state media. Mm. Um, Mostly dealing with the victorious aspect of the event and turning it into a very positive thing that happened uh, there's I, I don't i, I didn 't feel that uh, there had been any reflection in how we remember events there's only just a very one sided affirmative view that yeah that happened and now everything is good.
0: I'm very interested in what you say about the kind of... Because we were talking about this a little bit earlier in in the panel discussion, about the kind of critical reflection that's required uh, before you put together a uh, commemorative event. What form do you think that should take? How would people critically reflect? How would they plan an event that was suitable for commemorating uh, an incident, or particularly, I suppose, a uh, Mm. post-war incident?
1: Um, I think a crucial part of that is having... I don't like the word uh, representatives. What would you say instead of representatives? Like people who are who might be elected, if you say, mm-hmm. by those communities we're trying to represent in that commemoration event, having them sit together and discuss how they're going to do it each for their own people, if if you might, mm-hmm. uh, in the best way and most sensitive way. Mm-hmm. I think the the collaborative. Planning is key to this.
0: So, would that be a matter of kind of different types of music as well being played? Absolutely. That Absolutely.
1: Of, you know. Music representative of all the parts we're trying to remember.
0: Mm. So, there's also that question, I suppose, about well, if you bring those people together, uh, would they argue? If they've been on opposing sides, would they, in a civil war, for example, would they be able to find any kind of point of reconciliation? How would you deal with that, I suppose, if you were planning that kind of event?
1: Uh, I think the, the act or the, the attitude of being open to participating in this uh, is enough to have a positive outcome. And one more thing, maybe the time it takes, we should allow as much time as needed to resolve these tensions. Because I don't think a positive commemoration can come out of tensions that are still there.
0: So do you think music has a particular part to play in reconciling those groups together? What what can it do that other forms can't do? Textual forms, for example.
1: To be honest, I think from what I know about how subjective receiving music is, Mm. I don't think it can introduce that much of a resolution, if you say, because our understanding is very different. And unless we use very direct uh, musical
0: pieces or
1: references or Mm -hmm. songs that are related to the collective memory, to some event or some uh, perspective, uh, I think the effect of mere music would be just, uh, if you say generic maybe? Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. I think so. Because what you're describing is really, really interesting, so it has to be specific. I like think these references would have to be specific to particular parts of the country or particular communities within the country. Yeah,
1: otherwise, the effect to me, at least, and this is my only current understanding, maybe it would change in the future, mm. but the way I see now is that it can communicate pleasant feelings, uh, maybe contribute to some healing, mm. but in a very vague way or very generic way, mm. I would say. And I think when you receive music in a way, that is healing. Then each person had already done the homework of processing stuff. Mm. You, music only, I think, allows you to reflect on what you've processed. I think
0: that's fascinating. So maybe the music is like the end of the process. In I some think way. it's right. the end. To yeah. be
1: honest, I do think it's the end.
0: So in some ways, some of that reconciliation uh, has happened before you actually Absolutely. get to the Absolutely,
1: we have to f- to solve the political uh, tension. The social tension. We have to be completely honest and apologetic about what we did to each other before we can actually make genuine music together.
0: Mm. Do you think that's the sort of thing? I know it's not possible right now, of course, but in Syria, do you think that's something that could happen eventually?
1: I can only hope, really. Mm.
0: Do you feel frustrated that you're not able to contribute to anything because you're a long way away? Um.
1: Uh, The thing that makes me not frustrated is that I do my best every day with the very little tools I have. And uh, wherever I go, I try to to be of use to, to Syrian people who are still in Syria mainly, because they're the ones that are suffering the most. And their voices aren't heard. And... Every day I try to explore new ways of creating maybe projects or uh, anything that would empower the culture of Syrian people. Mm. And I'm very optimistic about uh, the potential that we can, we can uh, bring to Syria in the future and in the present.
0: I was thinking back to an interview you did on a programme on um, BBC Radio the Cultural Frontline when you explained about creating music in Homs um, during the war and you said it was like creating the force of life against death
1: yeah, in fact when uh, the war started I was in Damascus
0: right, sorry, yeah, yeah. in Damascus um, can you explain a bit more about what music does in that context how is it a matter of, kind of the force of life against death what does that mean?
1: Well, mainly, when uh, when you asked me about this, the first picture I imagined was my uh, children's students uh, in Syria. In many days, I would uh, get up very depressed and scared. Uh, and a la- as a freelance musician, I had to get out of the house to earn my living. So the very decision of earning your living was putting your life under threat. And that was the situation for all other people. But those who uh, actually came to a private private institute to teach their kids music, they didn't have to send them. They wanted to send them just because they believe it gives them something positive. So that was very uh, empowering for me to get out of my scared sad zone, to give hope and a sense of life and looking forward to children that are growing up in these circumstances. So that's what what mainly I mean.
0: So these young people uh, going out into the world um, with a kind of new vitality, I suppose, having resulted from that music, having uh, been inspired by that music?
1: Yeah, I think think a major part of it is that... Mm. uh, Working on something, practicing on something, hearing what you've developed uh, while you're in the midst of something that has been destroyed. So it feels like you're building something and uh, connecting with it emotionally and psychologically and everything. Uh, It's like a resistance act.
0: Well, that's a wonderful note to end on. Thank you very (laughs) much. We have. Thanks so much.
1: Glad you had me. Thank you.